0: Hey everybody, Michael Knowles here, host of uh, You Know, You Know the Thing. You know, one of the highlights of 2020, it's also one of the lowlights of 2020, uh, but it's been funny at least, are the Joe Biden gaffes, watching Joe Biden just absolutely shove his foot all the way as far down his mouth that it actually comes back out his foot from the gibberish to the corn pop. These, I think, are the best Biden gaffes of the year. Be sure to let me know which Biden gaffe you think was the best and uh, which one, uh, which ones you think we can look forward to in 2021.
1: And Corn Pop was a bad dude.
0: I just walked out
1: the side door of St. Peter's Basilica after a meeting and getting an opportunity to shake hands and have a brief conversation with Pope Francis. The first people I saw were a group of nuns who, to me, epitomize everything Pope Francis talked about in his homily and what he stands for. About generosity to other people, about reaching out, about making it a point to understand that we are our brother's keeper. And that's what, in my experience, being raised as a Catholic and educated by the nuns, that's what those lovely women I'm talking to uh, symbolize to me. So I thought it was a good omen.
0: When Joe Biden was vice president, his administration tried to litigate nuns into the dirt because the nuns wouldn't provide abortion pills to people. That's what Joe Biden did. He he tried to force nuns to pay for birth control and abortion and violate not just their moral conscience, but the faith that Joe Biden pretends to hold. Basic elements of the faith that the apostate Joe Biden pretends to hold as he supports not just open widespread abortion. But taxpayer-funded abortion, he's signaled that he would do that that again as president. He's, He's overturned his formerly egregious but somewhat more moderate stances on abortion. Now he wants all taxpayers to pay for it. That's why he was denied the Eucharist because he's in a, a very clear public state of grave mortal sin and shows absolutely no remorse for it whatsoever. The simple fact is it is not acceptable for any practicing Catholic to vote for Joe Biden. It is not acceptable. And you are imperiling your soul if you do it. But he's going to try to appeal anyway. Still, I don't think very many serious Catholics are going to take that seriously.
1: I'll need an effective strategy to mobilize true and international leverage to pressure.
0: I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize I listened to this quote, I've probably listened to it now 50 times. I think at least some of what he's saying is true True, something international pressure. Can we play that again? Can we go back to that other true way? I'll lead
1: an effective strategy to mobilize true international pressure.
0: So there are two Too many syllables, obviously, in there, but I think what he's trying to get at is true international pressure. But I don't think he's going to mobilize true international pressure. I don't think that anybody is going to pay him any heed at all because his brain is pudding. I I know it's sort of sad to say that, but the man is past his sell-by date, folks. And so when you vote for him, I can't feel too – sometimes I say, oh, I feel bad for Joe. I don't feel bad for Joe. I don't feel bad for guys who sue nuns because they won't pay for abortions. I don't feel bad for that. I don't I don't feel bad for guys who have lied through their teeth for 50 years in government and who have engaged in corrupt deals in Ukraine and China. Apparently, I don't feel bad for guys who may become the president of the United States. I think we shouldn't feel bad for that guy at all. I think we should feel bad for us if he gets elected because that that guy's not even going to be the president. That guy is going to go. He's going to lie in bed and play Tetris all day. And either Kamala Harris or more likely the bureaucracy is going to take over. Maybe it was just a gaffe. Maybe it's just his childhood stutter that disappeared for 60 years, but then somehow came back all of a sudden. And we have to pretend that it's a childhood stutter when it's obviously not. It's obviously decline. Joe Biden again yesterday, because it was a day that ended in Y. On the few days that his handlers allow him to broadcast outside of his basement, he had another big error. Joe Biden was giving his typically soaring rhetoric in an interview with a local NBC affiliate. Take a listen to his oratory.
1: What's the president doing? Look, look, Venezuela's top line message is President Trump's policy is an abject failure.
0: That's the top line message. For those of you who are not familiar with teleprompters or with, with political notes, sometimes you'll see the top line message. That's the point you've got to drive home, but that's not, you don't say the top line message. That's the part that you keep quiet and keep in your head unless you don't know what to say. You've forgotten how to conduct politics. You're not really in control of your rational faculties and you're just reading off of a teleprompter, which is obviously what Joe Biden is doing. He's not able even to form these sentences. And it's funny because now, you know, the left always projects. So whatever is true of them, they just throw on to the other political party. Yesterday, they were were trying to suggest that Trump had a cognitive decline or he'd had a stroke or something crazy like that. Regardless of what you think about Trump, you might hate him. You might hate his policies. You might be a conservative and hate him because there are disagreements among conservatives. One thing we're talking about today. You can't say the guy... Is senile. The guy will get up and give a three hour speech without a teleprompter, and he'll keep the audience engaged for the whole thing. In fact, he keeps the audience more engaged without a teleprompter than he does with a teleprompter, but certainly he can read a teleprompter. The same cannot be said of Joe Biden. Whether you like Joe Biden or you hate Joe Biden, the guy is obviously in decline. And so if you elect him, what are you electing? You're electing the Democratic Party apparatus which, far from a separation of powers, is this liberal establishment connected to the media, connected to the universities, connected to Hollywood, connected to big technology, connected, obviously, to the party itself. And they are pushing a radical message that involves violence in the streets, that involves tearing down our institutions and our statues and the great men that those statues represent. There is nothing conservative about that.
1: Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Kingswood Community Center. Actually, that's the one down I used to work. As a joke, you didn't know where we were. Anyway,
0: <laughs> it's uh, it's it's great to be here. Oh, that is sad. That is very sad. Because he walks up there, like I don't know. I don't know what the joke would be if that were a joke that he, he just got confused, right? He's someplace that I guess it's near where he used to be. And then he says, uh, we're here at Kingman community center. Oh, wait a second. That's I'm not, I'm not there. Where am I? I don't, I'm just joking. Just joking. Definitely not in cognitive decline. Anyway, let's move on with the show. So he forgot where he was. He then forgot where president Trump wasn't.
1: It is not a good idea. Evidence. The fact that a uh, rhetorical question. I'm not expecting an to answer it. Do you think the president all of a sudden decided not to go to Tallahassee because he no longer, he thought it was the interest of the public? He decided. Jacksonville. I mean, Jacksonville, Florida.
0: So he was referring to the president now moving the Republican National Convention from Jacksonville, Florida, maybe back to Charlotte, maybe back to the White House. Who knows? There is an, an answer that Joe Biden gave on a matter of uh, Same sex marriage, redefining marriage, a while ago. Because Joe Biden, for most of his career, supported the traditional definition of marriage. And then around 2012, he decided to flip on this. And then he wanted to pretend that he's always been super duper gay. I don't know. He's been very much in favor of gay rights and redefining marriage and all these things. So he's given this answer and he's repeated it a lot on the campaign trail. And something about it just doesn't sound quite right.
1: I saw these two men in the corner when I was getting out of the car both well dressed men in suits lean up and kiss one another and then go their separate ways. One went to the Hercules building and one went to the pomp building and I turned and looked at my dad, just looked at me said joey it's simple. they love each other it's simple Joey. they love each other. What prompted me, I let the president know that i uh I did not have to evolve at all. I was and uh, my wife, my sister, all of us we were uh, way not ahead, but we, we, it was never thought to be a problem with us.
0: That never happened. (laughs) I can tell you, I would bet the farm, I would bet every dollar to my name (laughs) that did not happen. Two guys in the 1960s in the middle of the center of Delaware did not kiss one another because in those days it was uh, not publicly acceptable to do that. And they wouldn't have done, even the guys might've lived together, might've, you know, sort of done whatever wouldn't have happened in public. And I promise you, Joe Biden's dad didn't say, Sonny, you, just, you see this perfectly choreographed moment so that, that you can use on a campaign trail 60 years from now. The, Joey, they love each other. Joey. No, I bet I. something tells me Joe Biden's dad, who was born, what, in like the late 19th century or something, early 20th century, was not this like open-minded liberal guy who's like, God, oh, Joey, you know, This is great. And in 2012, you should come out and defend gay marriage, even though you'll vigorously oppose it for your entire career. But then you can remember this moment, Joey, those guys love each other. It didn't happen. And Joe Biden lies about these things all the time. Don't forget, he had to drop out of the 1988 presidential race because he was a liar. He lied. He's lied about horrible personal events. He lied about the driver who got into a car accident with his wife. It was tragedy when his, his wife died. He lied about that guy and, and after the guy died, the guy felt so horrible about it for his whole life. And then after the guy died, he maligned him based on nothing and said that he was a drunk driver. The Atlantic even called Joe Biden out on this story. So here's what Joe Biden could say. You could say, yeah, you know, look, I'm a product of my age and I kind of don't really have any beliefs, but I went along with it. And so, yeah, I I opposed homosexuality for most of my career. And then I was okay with homosexuality, but I supported, uh, I opposed redefining marriage. And then around 2012, I changed my mind because it was more politically expedient and I supported redefining marriage. And that's my career. And you'd say, okay, well, that's true of a lot of politicians. So that's fine. Whatever. You know, okay, no big deal. But instead he's got to lie and say, oh yeah, me, man, I was, I was dancing to the village people back in 1962 at the YMCA. Like, no, you weren't Joe Biden. You weren't doing that. And none of that is credible, which is why when he gives answers on anything, forget, you know, transing the kids or, or uh, gay marriage or whatever. I mean, when he gives answers on taxes, when he gives answers on anything, you can't believe it because the guy has no principles. Uh, this one, I, I don't think there's any chance we're going to figure it out, but, but Joe Biden is very focused on the importance of under
1: Barack and me. It also holds polluter, I'll call polluters accountable with the most ambitious environmental justice
0: agenda ever. Okay. So there, you do get at least the one word, which is polluters. He is, he is saying polluters there, but there are all these extra syllables all around and then everything slurs at the back end of this. Joe Biden is obviously exhausted. These incidents have gotten worse by the end of the campaign than they were at the beginning. Now, don't forget it. For much of the campaign, Joe Biden has been hiding in his basement. So you haven't gotten to see many of these. Why did the Biden campaign choose to hide him in his basement? They used coronavirus as an excuse, but that obviously was simply an excuse because they didn't want these moments because they have seen him and they interact with him and they know that the man is obviously in cognitive decline and he doesn't have any stamina I get it. Campaigns are really exhausting. I've been on a lot of campaigns and I've been on campaigns since I was 19 years old. And even when I was 19 years old, I was exhausted doing them because you're working 20 hours a day for 18 months at a time. So I get it. But if you get tired from doing a modest number of campaign events like Joe Biden is doing, how on earth are you going to stand up to the pressures of being president? You can't do it. It is not possible. And he won't. Even if, and I hope it doesn't happen, but even if he does get elected president, Joe Biden is not going to be a particularly hands-on president. Other people are going to do the job for him. And unfortunately, the, the establishment that, that he is empowering, the groups that he is empowering, are socialists, radicals, people who don't want equality of opportunity, They want equality of outcome. They will go in, they will take your money, they will redistribute it. They will institute a new American caste system that discriminates on the basis of race and sex. They are already doing that and they are explicitly promising to do it. That's what you're going to get with Joe Biden. And some people are endorsing him. Joe Biden on MSNBC, very friendly TV station, just a few days ago, he's chatting with the anchor there. And he's making a strong point about what a terrible job Trump has done on a certain aspect of legislation, except he can't remember the name of the legislation. And very sadly, the anchor has to just give him the answer at the end.
1: For example, the Paycheck Protection Act, you know, 1% of the money's gone out. 1%, 1% of the, uh, that's not the paycheck, the, 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 um, uh, the, uh, the bill for small, for major, for small businesses. lending.
0: Mainstream Lenny, 1%'s gone out. Why isn't that lady running for president? That lady obviously has a much clearer grasp on the policy issues than Joe Biden does. He doesn't even, he's inveighing against this one law and then turns out, oh, wait a second, he's actually thinking about the other law. Very sad, very pathetic. Nobody is trying to get him to show up out of the mainstream media, out of the Democratic establishment. The only guy who is trolling Biden into getting back onto the campaign trail is... The master troll-in-chief, President Trump, who says that Joe Biden has basically given up on life. Joe Biden
1: waved white flag on fighting coronavirus. No, no, he has. He's waved a white flag on life. He doesn't leave his basement.
0: Joe Biden's been accusing Trump of waving the white flag of coronavirus, surrendering on coronavirus. He said, no, I'm not doing that. Joe Biden's waving a white flag. He's waving a white flag on life because he knows that if he goes out and he talks and he says hello to anybody, he's gonna screw up. So he's hiding in his basement. Right after Trump says this, what happens? Joe Biden decides to come out of hiding. I'm I'm not sure that this corruption stuff, it really matters, but Biden is hiding anyway because he doesn't wanna have to answer questions on Hunter. He doesn't wanna have to answer questions on, on any of these other people. So Joe Biden shows up and he's at a campaign event. They've got a band there and he's going to go give a speech. You've seen the Trump rallies. You've seen what? 20,000 people there, 30,000 people there sometimes. And then you see the Biden rally. Joe Biden shows up. The band is playing. There were probably 18 people in the room. He walks down the stairs. They're playing Midnight Train to Georgia, which is kind of a depressing song to be playing during a campaign, right? Because it's all about a guy who failed. L.A. was too much for the man, and so he's leaving the life he's come to know. Biden's got his little circles there. I don't even know if it's 18 people. It's not. It's not even 18. It's probably a dozen people. Okay, a little bit more on the side. So, okay. 18 people. you got probably more staff there than guests. And he's, he's old, so it's taking him forever to walk to the stage. He's trying to run a little bit, but that's awkward. Handful of claps. He's leaving. He is leaving on that midnight train. I know that the polls say that Biden is way up. Maybe Biden is way up. Maybe Biden's going to win. Maybe it's going to be a blowout for Joe Biden. But you've got to admit it's kind of weird that Trump gets tens of thousands of people to show up to his rallies and Joe Biden can't get 20 people to show up to his rallies. You got to admit that is kind of weird. And beyond his inability to remember where we are, Joe Biden can't formulate the sentences that will allow him to either get out of these gaffes or, or even, or even just get a coherent idea apart that's probably the saddest part of it, right? He's just kind of trailing off and, oh yeah, sorry, I don't know. And he's, he's not even finishing his sentences. They're just sentence fragments. He was leaving his campaign office the other day. One of his campaign staffers had to lead him out, almost holding his hand. So you you can see it's a young staffer and he's kind of, he's looking in other directions and she's, she's holding him like it's her grandpa. Like, you you know, okay, come here, grandpa. Don't, nope. Don't talk to the reporters. The minute the reporters put a microphone in front of his face, she says, okay, thanks guys. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Get in the car, Joe. Come on. We can't have you talking to reporters. Joe Biden, he couldn't seem to string the thoughts together.
1: Here's the deal. One of the things that, that, that is important is that, um, well, keep in mind, although they're going to vote on uh, uh, Barrett, I think back, back today. To
0: that line, I think. We're going to take that guy. That is so embarrassing. It's embarrassing for Joe. It's embarrassing for the campaign. Senator, tell us about Amy Barrett okay, well, here's the deal. The thing about it is, uh, they're going to vote today or is it yesterday or they're going to, uh, uh, who, and I actually, I don't even want to make fun of him for it. Anybody who's had aged friends or relatives knows this happens. You know, it's a, a senior moment except with Joey he has senior moments all of the time. Don't begrudge him that, uh, you know, it's going to happen to all of us probably someday if we live that long, but it doesn't mean that you should be president while you're having those issues. If you cannot give an opinion on the Supreme Court confirmation that just happened, you should not be president. You don't have the stamina to do it. And his campaign staff knows that we've been seeing this for months and months and the mainstream media are denying it, where Joe will start trying to talk to the press and he'll start rambling and they will take him by the arm and lead him away. Like, come here, come here, old grandpa. And so come here, come here, old Joe, you know, let's go. We're going to. Again, if, if Joe were just their grandpa, perfectly fine, a lovely interaction, but he's not, he's trying to be president. Uh, Barrett, today it's sort of okay, bye, and just leads them away. And the press won't ask a question about it because the press are campaign operatives for, for Biden. Now, some of the Biden gaffes have been a little bit funnier. Maybe they're Freudian slips. I don't know. Just yesterday, Joe Biden was talking about, uh, about his wife and then Kamala Harris and Kamala's wife.
1: But my wife, Jill, as you know, and Doug Emhoff, uh, Kamala's wife are there. Kamala will be back uh, later this week, I think on
0: Friday. That may have been a Freudian slip, which is obviously where you say one thing, but me and your mother. So Joe talks about Kamala's wife, he meant to say her husband, I guess. Those issues, I know it's counterintuitive, but I think those issues are going to matter much more. They are trying to go back and gin up this coronavirus idea. Well, Joe Biden has a scary number for you. He is under the impression that coronavirus has hit 120 million people already worldwide.
1: I just got off the phone this morning with uh, Dr. Vivek Murthy. And uh, he and uh, and others who, he was a former Surgeon General, and uh, a number of experts who work, I uh, have a meeting, an hour and a half telephone conference with them, Zoom conference. Uh, once a week, I mean, four times a week. And that's why we have a major multibillion-dollar investment in mental health. What people drastically underestimate is the impact on the mental health of people who now everything is complicated. Not only is the healthcare piece, but people don't have a job, people don't have anywhere to go, they don't know what they're going to do. And a lot of people you have unnecessarily, now we have over 120 million dead from covid
0: 120 million dead. You know, it's funny. I actually have to correct myself. The first time I heard that clip, I thought he was saying there were 120 million cases worldwide, which obviously is not true. No, what he said is even crazier. He's saying there's 120 million dead. And it seems he's implying in America, which is a country of 330 million people. That's a lot, huh? That's actually though, the number is uh, not anywhere close to that. Uh, It's uh, multiple orders of magnitude lower than that. That's it for now. The Daily Wire hopes you're having a terrific Christmas holiday. We will be back January 4th with new episodes of The Michael Knowles Show. We'll see you there.